How is everyone doing? This is the 8th episode of Cooper's Chalk Talk. So, today I'm going to be talking about some of the Apple news that was dropped today, as well as kind of talking about some of the stocks that I really like as well. I feel like there's a ton of new stuff. There's a new um, car startup that's kind of coming out here pretty soon. Um, A couple other big stocks I feel like are still very undervalued right now compared to where they could possibly be. Um, And then, you know, just in general, I want to just kind of talk about some of the kind of crazy stuff kind of going on just in the actual country you know there's some crazy flooding going on in nebraska i feel like with this mueller report i feel like it's taking all the news all the publicity you know cnn fox news are constantly talking about this mueller report but meanwhile there are literally millions of people that are going to be affected by this flood there's there's already i think three billion in damages so far um just from the missouri river like rising and forcing several towns out there's been residents in south dakota that have been stranded for two weeks and you know there's tons of animals that have been you know as bad as it sounds they've been drowned from the actual floods and you know the the news is nowhere talking about it. Everywhere that I hear is just the Mueller report talking about how, you know, Trump is this, Trump is that. And I feel like there's there's millions and millions of people being affected by this and it's nowhere in the news. We're, we're too focused on, you know, either pointing fingers that the president's a bad guy or that the president's an awesome guy. So I do just want to talk about that just a little bit because I do feel like it's getting overlooked pretty drastically in the news from what I see at least. So, um... First things, you know, the the thing I want to talk about was just some of the stuff that kind of happened today. I think there was some really big news coming out of Apple. um, And, you know, it didn't really affect the actual stock price. You know, I think whenever you first see kind of, you know, Apple's coming out with some brand new news, you immediately think like, oh, this is going to have an explode in the stock market, especially, you know, they're going to like unveil some kind of Apple TV. You know, they're going to be, you know, unleashing some kind of Apple card, which gets them kind of in the financial game. Um, They're kind of opening up some kind of arcade system, you know, that, you know, you get a subscription to over 300 magazine. So, you know, tons of information was kind of dropped today, but no real information that was kind of talked about. So um, I'm going to talk about something that was, you know, what I thought was actually the most important piece of it. You know, I, I know Apple, you know, all the other stuff is great. Um, but, you know, I did want to just talk about what they kind of partnered up with um, the media literacy. And the reason why I think this is so important is, you know, as we kind of talk about this again, I think the great part about this whole thing about Apple partnering up with it is that, the, the the basically what they had partnered up with, which is the media literacy, it basically is teaching people and really focusing on having good news kind of being the being the focus, you know, having the next generation being able to, to, to figure out like what is fake news and what is what is actual proper news. And once again, I think this is extremely important because everybody that swipes left on their phone, once you go left, you have all these stories that come up on Apple News. And I think, I think it's extremely important that they're focusing on having good focused news that has really good content as well as, you know, training other, um, other generations of what is kind of coming up. So the news literacy project, um, common sense and the U S I, I think it's like the, uh, Os- Osservataro is it's something in, in, in Italian that, that they're kind of partnering up with. And the reason why, once again, I think this is extremely important is because it's not just for the current now, but it's actually going to be training the next generation. I think that what you're going to see in this next generation is, you know, where are the kids getting their news from? And it's going to be from their phone. And, you know, the easiest thing to do is to swipe left and figure it out. But how are these kids going to be learning from this? So, you know, as I kind of dug into it, you know, 
I think that you know the the biggest part is the lack of young people's news literacy skills is a growing problem. Like that's that's a huge piece of it. And that was one of the key one of the key phrases I kind of took out of this was that that's one of the biggest focuses that the lack of young people's news literacy skills is a growing problem for the country. So I think when you look at that, it's like, well, what is that? What how are you going to be able to teach these kids how to be able to pick this stuff up? You know, and you know it's you know it's it comes from you know one hundred or seventeen thousand eight hundred educators in all. 50 states in the District of Columbia, U.S. territories, and 104 other countries um, just basically getting registered to use a Checkology virtual classroom. So what it, what is this? So it's basically checking facts of what these guys are saying. So if they're just throwing out numbers like, oh, there's there's this going on in the news and they're, they're throwing out a percentage, but then you they're going to be able to check fact this in the actual media and be like, no, that's not proper. So they're not going to put that in the stream of what they're going to be putting out there in the focuses of what kids and, you know, and what's going to be focused on the actual news coming out through Apple News, which is once again, it's going to be helping the literacy of the kids of being able to, you know, they're you know, kids are, they're going to see the first thing and the first thing that pops out, that's what they're, what they're going to read. So it allows them to kind of be able to streamline what actual news is getting focused to kids. So, you know, the, the next piece that, you know, I read this common sense, I was like, common sense is, it's kind of crazy to name a program common sense. Um, but the common sense education supports K through 12 schools with everything educators need to empower the next generation of digital citizens. So you kind of look at this, it's like, all right, well, that's good. Like digital world is kind of the next upcoming thing. So, so once again, I think that just in general, looking at what the what Apple's kind of trying to do here is it's trying to better the next generation but it's also trying to kind of take a bite out of what's coming in the media you know if you if you look where most people get their news from you know it's not from sitting down and watching CNN it's not from sitting down and watching Fox News it's from reading something something that comes across on your Apple News something that you see that gets posted on Instagram Facebook you know you get a ton of news that way but how many times is that actually fact-checked and I think that that's really good that you know Apple's going to try to focus on this especially you know once again from that digital standpoint and what we're kind of getting from other countries and what what kind of what kind of actual stats are getting thrown out there because you know I, you know I've talked about this before and it's very easy to you know for for example you know just a great stat that I kind of saw was um there um there's these things called PBMs which are um they're just they're pharmacy um, what is it? PBMs. Let me look it up real quick. Um, it was just a fact that I looked up earlier and I was like, oh my gosh, this is wild. Um, so pharmacy benefit management. Um, so it's basically a third party in the actual, in the actual pharmaceutical industry. So these guys, there's only three major ones. Um, CVS Caremark's one of them, um, Express Scripts and United Healthcare. So those are the three major PBMs. And one thing that kind of caught my eye was, is said how much Eli Lilly, um, is charging for their, um, for their insulin, which, you know, it, it's kind of crazy because you see that and you're like, oh, well, you know, I, I just read an article two weeks ago that they're lowering their prices of insulin to try to make it better for the actual patient. And then as I went through and I actually read, um, I, I just found some actual stats, some actual legitimate graphic stats of what's going on. And, um, the third party PBMs are marking up, um, actual insulin by 60% compared to what they're actually getting it sold at. Cause these guys buy drugs basically at a wholesale and then they sell them to the insurance companies. Um, cause they're giving them rebates and, you know, they're trying to push these generic drugs, but obviously you still have to be selling brand name medication. So what it is, is that they're seeing that, you know, the, the actual revenues of the pharmaceutical company 
what they've actually been selling them at has been going down 8%, whereas the PBMs have been marking them up 52%. So that means there's a 60% discrepancy in what the PBMs are charging the patients through, you know, quote unquote, giving the patient the best deal and what these actual pharmaceutical companies are making. So once again, when you kind of look through the news to give the give the overall best, I guess, focus of what patients are seeing. And the biggest thing is, you know, they're like, oh, well, you know, Eli Lilly profited $29 million last year, you know, whatever, $29 billion or whatever it is, you know, and it's like, oh, well, they're, they're making hand over fist or they're, they're charging too much for patients and all this stuff, which, you know, you know, pharmaceutical companies have to make a profit, you know, to be able to do research and take things to get drugs actually finalized. There's, you know, it, on average, it costs over $2 billion to bring a drug to market, getting it, you know, you have to go through trials. There's usually three, tri- three phases of a trial. And then you have to get it approved. And then, you know, on average, that costs over $2 billion. So you have to recoup that, that, that R&D, that um, research and development. And then on top of that, you have to pay for all the marketing that you're going to be having to do. So you have a ton of stuff that you have to recoup in payment. So obviously, yeah, they're going to make a profit on it. And I'm not saying that all pharmaceutical companies are great or that Eli Lilly is a great company by any means. I'm just kind of breaking the media down to where it's like, you know, that's never talked about. If so, if you just look at this and you're like, oh, well, you know, the, the PBMs are only making a 2.2% profit, whereas pharmaceutical companies on average are making a 14% profit on the revenues. So you're like, oh, well, the PBMs aren't doing that much, but PBMs are making 2.2% profit on every single pharmaceutical company on average. So you look at that, well, there's hundreds of thousands, you know, there, there's thousands of pharmaceutical companies out there, tons, tons, tons. So if they're making 2.2% of a profit on every single one, yeah, a pharmaceutical company, one pharmaceutical company might be making 14% profit on that one drug or on that one, that one situation, but they're making 2% profit on, on top of that company. And then on top of Johnson and Johnson and on top of, you know, Pfizer and all this stuff. So, so they're kind of having their hands in everyone's pocket. And at the same time is they're not really benefiting the patient at this point. You know, that that's the thing about only having three PBMs, but that's for another discussion. But nonetheless, you know, talking about the media side of it is, you know, you just hear media, you're like, oh, the pharmaceutical companies are charging way too much for drugs and they're, they're, they're all these bad stuff. But if you kind of dive through it and you actually look at the actual numbers, there's a lot of information beyond it. And that's why I really liked that Apple's teaming up with the media literacy program, because this is going to help the next generation to be able to identify this, to be able to be like, you know, we, we need to put the best person in office, for example. So let's fact check what they're saying. What are they telling us? You know, and that's, that's one thing that, you know, I don't care who you were voting for this past time. You know, if you looked at what Hillary Clinton was saying, there was there was a lot of false stuff that she was talking about from trying to swing one side to another and kind of jumping trees and, you know, trying to trying to be able to to be on everybody's good side, which, you know, I thought that I, I think that the one thing that was beneficial that the Republican side really did was it really pointed it out of what she said three years ago versus what she's saying now. Just factually, it, she didn't add up. And hopefully what this taught the next generation is, and for the, you know, I think for both parties is to make sure that you bring a candidate that is going to be a quality candidate that's going to be honest and truthful. Because if you can go back and basically dissect everything that they've said over the past 10 years or even longer with her, 
um, you're going to come up with a ton of lies and a ton of unfactual information that she's trying to throw out there, which is just destroying the actual party. So you ended up with, you know, you ended up with kind of a, a way over here candidate and a way over there candidate. And I honestly think the candidate that, that probably won was probably somebody that the average American could relate to more rather than somebody that, you know, I think that, you know, probably a lot of people after the the election were probably like, how did Hillary lose? But there's just so much not factual things that she was saying throughout her um, campaign. So nonetheless, um, I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent on this media thing, but I actually was, that was by far the most exciting thing to me. You know, I kind of looked at these other things. I thought, you know, the latest articles, you know, magazines, it, you know, if that's your kind of thing, I think that's awesome. You know, good for you. You like to read magazines. But to me, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm I'm like a 12 year old kid. I, I go to the cars and I look at the car pictures and trucks. And, you know, then from there, you know, that's I look at food and occasionally I'll, I'll read like a, you know, I'll read a Forbes Forbes thing about stocks or, you know, maybe maybe a, a, what is that? What's the other one? Um I think was Esquire or something like that. So, you know, occasionally you'll see a couple good articles in there, but you know, that's nothing that I was really focused on. And plus I feel like, I feel like magazines are not really a booming, booming industry in general. So nothing really fancy about that. But I thought the one cool thing was the Apple card, a new kind of credit card. Um, except, you know, it's kind of the, the Apple kind of taking their steps into it. And the kind of cool thing is they're actually teaming up with Goldman Sachs and MasterCard. So I thought that was cool. The actual card um, is, I believe it's some kind of actual metal card. So once again, I thought that was kind of interesting just because I think, you know, in, anybody who, who gets a credit card, they want some kind of cool thing, right? They want some kind of cool actual card. That was that, that was a whole thing from the dude from Fire Festival. He tried to make cards that were basically made out of steel. So cool idea, but, you know, terrible execution on his part. So so yeah, so it's a beautiful titanium card. So kind of cool, you know, that it's kind of interesting to see that. And then I thought the one, the biggest part though, is the basic, um, the no fees, lower interest. I thought that was a huge part of it. So there's no fees associated with the Apple Card, no annual, late, international, over the limit fees. Um, Apple Card goal is to provide interest rates that are among the lowest in the industry. And if a customer misses a payment, they will not be charged a penalty rate. But the biggest thing that I thought was the actual making payments on what your what your actual balance is. It actually shows you what your interest rates that you're going to be paying on the on this, um, depending on what you're going to be willing to pay as you go along and how quickly you pay it off. So, the reason why I think this is such a big thing is because the middle class in general, America in general, is just drowning in debt. So, if everybody is thousands and thousands of dollars in debt and they're defaulting on all this stuff, then they're going to continue to have bad credit. And there's, you know, once again, it's just going to fall right back into what we did earlier. What was that? 2007 or something like that. Whenever the market just completely crashed. So, you know, you look at this and it's going to be training, you know, it's, it's basically the easiest way to train anybody on, you know, a financial system because, you know, you you have this hard, hard way of looking being like, okay, like, you know, just on the actual website, it shows, you know, your total balance is $1,682. If you pay $250, you're at a $22 interest rate. So if you pay $670, you're at 21% interest rate. 
or $21 interest rate. If you pay, you know what I mean? If you pay over, you know, $1,100, there's no interest rate. So, you know, I just think it's, I think it's kind of cool to kind of see that because it's going to help people kind of start hopefully coming up with some kind of financial game plan. And, you know, I think that once again, this is stuff that's going to be overlooked because, you know, this, and this is why the stock didn't explode is because everybody expects the next awe thing from, from Apple. And basically what they unveiled today was a TV streaming program, which, you know, to be honest with you, just seems like they're, just kind of getting in the ring with, you know, YouTube TV, Hulu, Netflix, they're just kind of getting in the ring with those guys. Um, and then they're, they're releasing Apple Pay, which once again, you're just basically getting in the ring with, you know, Visa, MasterCard, you know, you know, whatever else you want to American Express, just kind of getting in the ring with those guys. And then, you know, everything else was, you know, nothing fancy, you know, the, the arcade thing, you know, it was, you know, so you can play video games and you can play on whenever you're not connected to the internet, you can play on your thing, you can actually stream games. You know, I guess that's, that's kind of cool, you know, but at the same time, it's, I don't think that's the biggest deal. I feel like people are going to play video games one way or another. I don't think that's necessarily a huge deal that they're, they're kind of making that accessible. Um, the magazine thing, not a huge deal. And then obviously, you know, the, the thing that I can talk about with the media, no, you know, that's probably the most, the, the little, the smallest thing that anybody paid attention to all. I thought it was the most interesting because I think that, you know, the the amount of bad news that's out there right now is at a record high and I don't think it's going to be going down anywhere. I think, you know, you you put as much, you know, as much accessibility to information out there as what people have and people read the first article and then all of a sudden they they talk about that and then that gets spread to the next person, that gets spread to the next person and then the third person starts adding different pieces to it. So by the time you know, the fourth person's talking about it with their friends, all of a sudden it's become a whole nother story. So then that gets published and then people are reading this and then, you know what I mean? Then it's, then you're just going down a tor- a terrible, um, a ter- terrible, um, hole of, of just lies. Basically this started from like, maybe like half a truth. So I thought that was extremely important, but, um, but once again, I, I thought that just in general, the reason why the Apple stock, I just felt like was very kind of blah today, you know, didn't really keep up with with what everything else is going on. You know, I, um, Netflix announced some pretty solid numbers today. I think they were up like almost like um, like five percent today on on the on the day. So you know they posted some pretty good numbers, but in general, you know it, it was just because Apple. Everyone expects some kind of crazy thing, which you know Apple's having to kind of transition from producing you know these like one of a kind phones. You know they created a watch, they created you know the the iPod you know years ago, but they created the iPad, you know, all this stuff. It's now they're actually having to kind of get into the ring with some of these guys that are actually with the digital part of the media, you know, getting in, getting in and trying to, trying to take on, you know, I, you know, um, my fiance got, got Hulu and I'm not gonna lie. I think Hulu is awesome. I really do. I was, we were watching it. I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to, um, to like adult cartoons. I like Rick and Morty. So, you know, has Rick and Morty on. I think this is awesome. You know, I watched Netflix and I'm like, all right, I've seen basically everything, which, one thing I will say, if you guys haven't seen Losers, um, it basically goes over um, just people who have lost in you know sports and just different revenues or different different avenues of life. Um, I would strongly suggest Losers. I thought that it was a really good show. Kind of puts a lot of things in in kind of light of you know life and what's what's important and how you kind of can excel from from some things even if you lose. So, um, but nonetheless, those were those were kind of the things. So. Um, but I do just want to kind of talk about that. I felt like that kind of got overlooked. I didn't really, I didn't really see it too much from what I was seeing. Once again, this Mueller report thing is kind of taking over all the news. So, 
I did want to talk about that. Um, and then just the next thing, I just kind of going into uh, just some kind of cool stuff. Just with um, GM, um, you know, I kind of looked at the stock for today for GM. I, th- I just wanted to kind of see what was kind of going on with, with the GM stock just because, you know, I feel like, you know, my buddy sent me this article about that um, car loans are at an all-time default rate. And they don't literally know what's going to happen to them because they're saying that it's going to be a potential, you know, how the housing market basically crashed so they're kind of predicting to do with the car industry which is kind of crazy to think about um there's people not paying their car loans so i was kind of interested in that so i was curious to see how they're doing and you know on just in general you know they're they're kind of they kind of have been having a downward slope but today was a little bit up but just in general you know they're kind of just in the middle where their 52 week high 52 week low is so you know i was kind of looking through that and then i saw this um vehicle startup uh called canoe so I was like, well, what is what is this? It sounds interesting. So it's basically an electrical vehicle startup. But the kind of cool thing is um, it's positioning itself to be kind of a boutique California EV brand. So the I didn't really understand, like, well, what, is that, what does that necessarily mean? So it's actually going to be a, a, a company that has a four-model range, which will include a personal commuter, a lifestyle vehicle, as well as commercial vehicles for ride and delivery services, which I read that, and I was like, now that might be a huge IPO whenever this kind of goes large because if they're going to create a create some kind of specialty car that can basically be pure electric that kind of focuses on the accessibility for Lyft and Uber drivers or for Uber Eats and stuff like that that's their total focus of building a car that could be a huge potential because that is where everybody's going. Everybody's going into rideshare, into ordering food and doing all this stuff. So they create a vehicle that does that. And literally all you do is you just pay for this canoe and that's, that's basically what it is. And the other kind of cool thing that I saw too is it's actually a, um, what, what is, I'm trying to figure out what the word it is. It's actually like a, like a service based company. So what that includes is you buy the, you buy the canoe and all of a sudden they wrap up your insurance, you know, the warranties, they put all that stuff actually into one thing and you just pay for it every month. So it's just like you sign up for this, um, for this basic, I guess, package that comes with the car and you just pay it every month. So it's like almost like you're part of a service. You're almost part of this, this kind of community of, I guess, canoe quote unquote. So just kind of something cool to keep your eye out for, um, with the electrical vehicle startup, um, canoe. So just kind of something to kind of look for in the future. I thought that that was kind of something that kind of caught my eye. And then, you know, one that I was, that I always kind of pay attention to is Chipotle. Um, you know, once again, I've talked about Chipotle before, you know, whenever I can eat normally, I'm not eating normal now, but you know, whenever I can eat kind of what I like, I truly enjoy Chipotle and Chipotle exploded today. They had a really, really solid day. I think they were, I don't know exactly how much they were up. Um, I'll pull it up for you guys real quick. Um, where is it? <laughs> I think they were up like six percent. Up five. They were up um five percent today. So if you guys don't know, Chipotle trades at six hundred and seventy-six dollars a share, which is kind of wild. Their fifty-two week high is at seven eighty. So you know they're hovering right around their fifty-two week high. So they've been having great numbers. They finally got out of that, you know, all that stuff that's saying that like poisoning people and all that stuff. So kind of exciting news for Chipotle, and especially you know, you know, it's just not just not kind of you know this this so so fast food chain it's it's really a very profitable company it's one of a kind there's tons of people that have been trying to steal their ideas you know there's tons of different you know other little companies that have tried to kick up and you know whether it be burritos or tacos or you know whatever sushi rolls whatever um it's been pretty amazing that chipotle's been able to hold their ground and be able to sustain it so 
you know, it's always, it's something I always like to look into of, you know, like what's, what's, what's going to be some stocks that have some potential growth. And that's kind of what I wanted to give you guys today is just a couple stocks that I was, I've been kind of looking at. I think there's a huge value in. Um, so the first one I saw was Love, um, that's Southwest Airlines. Um, the reason why is they're trading at 48, roughly about $49 a share. Their 52 week high is about 64. But once again, Boeing had some terrible things that happened. Of course, you know, it's extremely sad to see that people like died in a car crash, of course. Um, um, but the entire, you know, basically aviation industry is down. So you look at love, they're down to 48 bucks. I think they're like right now, if you had, you know, if you had some money, some, you know, once again, a $48 share, you have to be able to put in a good amount of money to really make some money. But, you know, if you could put in a solid amount of cash in this, you know, 10,000, you know, whatever, even if you put in $5,000 and you could buy anywhere from a hundred to 300 shares, you know, the kind of biggest thing with this is they're going to bounce back. And once again, you invest with this guy, the, you know, love is a long-term investment. This is something you can, in, you can invest in today. And you know, within 26 weeks, at some point in there, you know, it's going to be back up. You know, that's one of these stocks that you want to invest in long-term wise. Another one is JetBlue. Um, and the reason why I say JetBlue is JetBlue, if you're looking for a little bit more of affordable stock, I think that this one's at about 15.6. Once again, I think that, you know, $15 and 60 cents, you can put in less money and get, you know, way more shares with this one you know and this is a stock that i don't think it has as high it's not going to go from 48 up to you know potential 68 dollars you know and you're going to see a 20 dollar jump but this is trading at 15 dollars and 60 cents i could see this having a solid four dollar jump so once again if you own 300 shares and you get a four dollar jump you know you just made 1200 bucks so you know once again I, I think that it's you know that obviously you can put in a lot less and get a lot more with that one but once again the returns on that are going to be a little bit different it just kind of depends on how much money you want to put in and what what your actual goals are. I think that's the most important piece is making sure that whatever you're doing with as far as trading, you guys have your, you know, your, you kind of set up your daily goals and you kind of have a, a kind of exit strategy is always important as well. And then um, just one that I think is, you know, I think it's uh, has potential to boom. And this is one that I like. I was just kind of reading on a couple other, a couple other um, just kind of financial news things is that, you know, oil has the potential to boom over the summer just because, you know, once again, everyone starts driving, everyone starts traveling around and oil prices right now, you know, for, for for a decent price, you no. Know, like um, one of the ones I always follow is Oasis Oasis um, Petroleum. Um, one of my buddies, his dad actually worked for him, so you know he kind of told me to watch him and kind of see what's going on. So you know they're you know you kind of look at their once again. I like to look at fifty two week highs and fifty two week lows and see where they're actually trending. So their fifty two week low is at four seventy four. Right now they're at about five ninety. Um, so once again, you kind of look at this as in the summer, you know, if the oil industry does go up, this is going to have potential to really, really explode. And once again, you look at what you can buy, you know, $6 a share, you know, this is something that you, you know, if you put in a hundred bucks, you're going to have, you know, what, 60 shares or something like that. So, you know, I think that that's, that's just something that kind of looks, you know, you kind of look at this and you're like, all right, this is, this is, this could be a potential one that I can actually make some money. So, um, you know, I, I just thought that it, that, that one sounded pretty good to me. So Sorry, I'm trying to open up the next one. Um, and then the next one that I really want to talk about just as far as kind of transitioning out of out of the, I'm sorry, I said, what, 60 shares? You actually get 16 shares. Sorry, if you if it costs $6, you get roughly about 17 shares with that. So so once again, you know, if that goes, if it's, you know, if you have 17 shares and that's only 100 bucks and say it goes up maybe three bucks, you know, you know, you just made, made a really cool, easy 50 bucks. So once again, I always say, you know, if you want to, if you want to start low, just kind of figure some things out, you know, put a couple hundred bucks in and just buy things that you find interesting. So, you know, I think oil and gas is one that I think it's extremely low. I think that I could have a couple, couple, um, you know, potential to raise. And, you know, 
your money, if you just have your money sitting in a, sitting in your bank account, you're not going to make any money on it. So that's kind of the way that I view it. So I always make sure that I have enough money in there, obviously, for savings and all that kind of good stuff. But I always make sure that I have money on the stock market just because um, your money needs to be making you money as, as the way that I kind of see it. So kind of moving into the next piece of this. Um, Something that I thought was kind of important that I give a little bit of light to just because I feel like, once again, it's just been so overlooked. It's just the Midwest floods that are going on. Um, you know, it's it's just kind of crazy. You know, you kind of look at this. There's already $3 billion in damages so far. Um, you know, I think South Dakota, there's been residents that have been stranded on, on the reservation for over two weeks. And, you know, I feel like this is nowhere in the news. I haven't seen it anywhere in the news. Um, obviously, I don't just sit around and watch the news necessarily. But, you know, anytime I look at the news, it's just about the Mueller reports. You know, this stuff about Trump, this stuff about Trump, you know, either people hating on Trump or loving Trump. That's all I ever hear. So, you know, and then on the other side is you have actual Americans that are being drastically impacted this. So, you look at Nebraska alone, flooding has already caused over $1 billion in damages. To, you know, 2,000 homes and 340, business, three, 340 businesses lost. That's an insane amount of things happening. So, you know, obviously you have insurance for reasons, but, you know, a lot of the, you know, you look at a lot of this stuff, you know, their homes, their, you know, whenever you farm and a flood like this hits, it doesn't just impact you for, you know, for a year and then you come back and you're going to be able to farm again. You know, they spend tons of time trying to get this soil just right to be able to grow as much pro. Um, um, grow as much, you know, whatever they're growing to the best ability and to the biggest ability possible. And then all of a sudden the flood comes and it washes all that soil away. So then they're kind of left of rebuilding that soil up for, you know, future years. So, you know, really pretty sad stuff. And then on top of that, as you think about the animals kind of out there, you know, that people raising cattle and then all of a sudden, you know, if homes, you know, if these people are losing their homes and they're just trying to save their own lives, you know, three people died in the floods already. So people are just trying to, you know, get themselves to safety and they're, you know, they can't get their animals out of there. You know, just think about how many cows have been, you know, just basically they just left for dead, basically just drowning. So you look at this, it's, it's kind of insane to think about. So, um, you know, the, the water's been at 200% above normal. And so I think, you know, I think it's really, you know, it's extremely important to, you know, how is this impacting and like, why are we not hearing about this? So the past years, um, you know, the past five years were the hottest on record. So, you know, I, I think that there has to be some, some kind of, you know, focus on this, especially, you know, I feel like every year there's another massive hurricane that comes out and causes, you know, billions and billions of dollars in damage. Um, you know, and I just feel like now, you know, you look at this, it's just raining on, you know, unprecedented amounts of rain that's in the Midwest. Like this hasn't been seen in, in years. You know, I think I read back that this is going to even be, you know, the last time that is even close, this was 1991. And this is already going to, this is going to kind of wipe that one out of the wipe it out. So I think that it's just going to be pretty rowdy and it's all kind of focused in that center part of the country. It looks like it's, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of Texas, um, a little bit of Louisiana, but that higher part, you know, you look at like Nebraska, you look at all those guys, South Dakotas, um, you know, Missouri, Kansas, you know, you look at all them, they're just going to be basically just getting flooded for, you know, for the foreseeable future, which is really kind of crazy. So, um, so I just think this is something that, you know, once again, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have seen this or read anything about it, but, you know, once again, this is not just impacting, you know, just, you know, one town, you know, you, you, I feel like anytime I turn on the weather channel, like, oh, you know, it's, 
this town has a flood and then there's a guy on a jet ski kind of cruising around and then you know but whenever you actually look at this stuff it's like this is devastating you know millions and millions of people i think they're gonna they said this is gonna impact this spring flooding is gonna impact 200 million people so if you figure 200 million people are going to be impacted by floods you know just once again you know you kind of take it back to you know just the basic most broad thing possible of what is this going to do for the economy you know you, you know these people lives are going to be basically turned upside down everything in their life is going to be basically turned up so you know what's going to be happening and you know i think that this is just something just another great example of you know the economics of our country just kind of having a push and pull of being you know we're going more in debt for this but yet we're going to have to be trying to save people so you know where are we putting our money at we're having people we're in a war right now that has no relevance to us at this point but you know, at the same time as we're, we can't even save people's lives right now, you know, as we're having people die, we're having, you know, our, our crops just be devastated in the middle of the country. So, you know, I definitely think that there's, there's some stuff that I just feel like as an American, you know, I'm very proud American. And I just think as an American culture, I definitely think there's a lot of things that need to be kind of refocused on in the country as far as, you know, what are we talking about? How are we trying to better, you know, our, our own countrymen as far as, you know, the stuff that's actually happening and how can we, we re, um, I guess, recontribute to um, our actual brothers men in this country. So just kind of something that I would kind of thought about. Um, and once again, just I, I just have been reading this stuff and I feel like there has been no kind of news on this at all. So I thought it was, I thought that was kind of an important kind of thing that I did want to bring a little bit light to. So, um, but just to kind of wrap up, you know, not, not really a ton of sports today. I kind of talked a little bit about the lightning, you know, that's kind of really the only thing that I really thought that was kind of interesting. Um, as far as everything else goes, you know, nothing too rowdy in the March Madness. I feel like this year was actually really boring when it comes to like upsets. You know, if now Duke would have lost, that would have been a crazy upset. I read that some guy put $50,000 on the money line of Duke to lose or on Duke to win. So you put $50,000 on Duke to win, just the money line. So he bet $50,000 to win $5,000, which is, to me, it's the dumbest bet possible. He Granted, he won, but I can't imagine the stress that guy went through. So I think he was, it was like 1,000 to 1 odds or something like that, or 100 to 1, 100 to 1 or something like that. that he, so he, he was getting like pennies on the dollar for what he, he put on there. So... But nonetheless, you know, not a not a ton of upsets. Um, you know, Kansas State really hurt my bracket. I didn't know that one of their actually their best player wasn't playing. He had actually had a broken foot again, so he didn't play. I didn't know that. That really devastated my bracket. And then, of course, I submitted my bracket early, and I didn't know that Syracuse's guard wasn't going to play in the tournament either. So those two those two teams really hurt my bracket. But besides that, I feel like you know it's been kind of a kind of a boring, not a ton of upsets kind of thing. So kind of am expecting down the run to see a couple more upsets. Um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of happens with Virginia Tech and Duke just because Duke really struggled with, you know, a good inside game against UCF and, um, Virginia Tech has a really good big guy. I watched that game against Liberty, and he is super good. He has a good drop step. He gets in there, blocks shots. I think that he's going to be a really tough guy to, for them to get out. And then I think one team that's, for whatever reason, they are rolling is Oregon. They're they're crazy athletic. Um, they have they have this little point guard dude that's he just he's had no fear. He's he's an, he's an aggressive guy. He has a pullback jumper that you know they they didn't score one point in like six minutes of the second half, 
and they still beat Lib- uh, they still beat um, UC Santa Barbara or UC Irvine, sorry, um, by like 20 points. So, and UC Irvine was ranked in the top five in defenses. So Virginia, obviously, great defensive team. It's kind of like. Oregon just played like a prep team to get ready for Virginia. So I think that that game is going to be very interesting um, just because, once again, you basically just paid like a prep team. Now, obviously, Virginia is going to be way more athletic, better shooters, all that stuff. But you kind of played like their little brother getting ready to play the big brother. So I think that they, they had a good little tune-up game for that. Um, and then I think Michigan plays Texas Tech. I think that the Big Ten has looked way better than the Big 12. I feel like the Big 12 has looked extremely weak um kind of in this entire tournament. Nothing really nothing nothing really great. I mean, Texas Tech smashed Buffalo, but in all honesty, Buffalo played Arizona State, which I feel like Arizona State was just happy to beat St. John's, so they played kind of a weak team. And then Buffalo looked like they were just lost on the court. They didn't look like they wanted to be there anymore. They looked like they're ready to go back to Buffalo and and you know, just hang out, just hang out and um watch the snowfall. So so I think with that being said, um, some of the most interesting matchups will be that Oregon-Virginia game because that's a 12 seed. You can see them taking a run. It's crazy that Oregon's a 12 seed because, once again, power conference. But Pac-12 was so weak. So you see, you know, if a 12 seed makes it to the Elite Eight, that's pretty big time. Um, and then the other one that's going to be kind of kind of interesting is going to be um, that Duke-Virginia game. And then also, don't, don't forget about that Houston-UK game. I think that, you know, I know a lot of people in Houston, I know they're going to be rooting hard for that Houston game. So um, actually one of my best friends, um, his mom, I think, works in admissions for Houston or something. So I'm sure they're going to be going crazy down there. Um, Really strong team. Great coach in Houston. So I think that's going to be a great game. Um, and you know, I won some money this, this year, usually March Madness usually takes all my money. So I was able to win a couple bets. Um, definitely happy to walk away with more money than, than I had started with. So always a plus, um, but that's all I pretty much have for you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Sorry, this is getting out a day late. Um, I was going to do one podcast and I just, I didn't like the the way that it was kind of coming across. So kind of re reorganize and refocus. So hope you guys enjoy this one and I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks guys.